Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. And on today's show, we're going to get into the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. And on our main topic, we're going to talk about some of the offseason performers who has done well for the Titans so far. We're going to get into really just the latest on Vic Beasley. That's kind of still been a weird situation and a few other things to get into. What could happen now that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have canceled their seasons? Could that mean that the NFL looks to change up when their games are played? What could that mean for the Titans? A lot of things to just discuss because there's a lot of uncertainty, but hopefully we'll be able to help sort everything out, at least for the meantime. With that being said, I want to ask, do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and on social media platforms at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. So with that said, we'll get into the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. Number three on the list, it's worth noting that no other players ended up opting out of the 2020 season for the Tennessee Titans. A couple of weeks ago, Anthony McKinney, the offensive tackle, who was not likely to make the team, opted out. We were kind of waiting to see if any other names would hit around the deadline this past week, and no other Titans showed up on that list. Number two on the list, the Titans make a pair of roster moves on Tuesday. That's according to Jim Wyatt. Wyatt writes, the Titans waived injured linebacker Reggie Gilbert on Tuesday, and they also placed linebacker Vic Beasley on the team's non-football injury list. We'll get into Beasley a little bit later on in the show, but as it relates to Gilbert, he played in 11 games with five starts for the Titans in 2019, and he finished the year with 24 tackles, a sack, seven quarterback pressures, a stop for loss, and a pass defended, and three special teams tackles. If you remember, the Titans did trade for Reggie Gilbert late in the 2019 preseason to help bolster the team's depth and experience the outside linebacker. And number one, as it relates to Jadavion Clowney, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. We don't have anything. I've been trying to get some information here and there. He's not really talking. No one knows. Everything you hear at this point is just speculation. Still no physical schedule to come in with the Titans. So we'll wait and see. But that's Clowney watch. I'm just tired. I'm tired of doing this one, guys. Like, let's just make something happen so I can quit having that as number one. I mean, I know I can move it, but I just, it's just, it's just kind of been a staple of the show because it feels like ever since the show's gotten off and running, that's uh, been number one outside of that one week where we signed Derrick Henry to a long-term extension. That was fun. But all right. Well, with that said, we'll go ahead and get into our main topic of the show, really kind of discussing Vic Beasley, you know, not having preseason. It's been a whole thing, but we'll help you get through it. So this time I'd like to bring in Denard Walker. Denard, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Yourself? Doing well. There has been a lot of news that has just been, I guess, set out there. It's uh, I don't want to say it's been dumped, but it's just been coming in left and right as it relates to just football happening this year at the collegiate level. Been trying to stay on top of that. And then we've gotten some more information 
as it relates to some things for the Titans. And to get us started, Denard, the latest reports late last week was that Vic Beasley finally reported to camp. I believe he went through his COVID-19 testing. Everything checked out there. And then yesterday happens, and it turns out he gets placed on the non-football injury list. So Vic Beasley does not pass his physical. Now, once he does pass the physical, he'll be eligible to rejoin the practices, but that is just something that Titans fans are like, what is the deal with Vic Beasley? And I guess my first question to you, Denard, is as someone who's had to take place and take part in these physicals before, I mean, how difficult is it to actually fell one of these? Well, if you're injured and you're overweight, you know, it can happen, but very rarely do you see that. Now, we've seen where guys, usually if they come into camp and they haven't been doing anything all offseason, then what a club will do, they will release a guy because to them, there's that, that, that basically that's just telling the club you're not dedicated to what it is that we want from you. You're not doing what you're, what you're supposed to be doing. Now, he's placed on a non-football injury list. We see this a lot because a lot of times guys might have some personal issues going on that they need to get resolved before they come to camp. But the fact that he reported and then he failed his physical, it, it's making me think that there's something a little bit more serious that is going on with Vic. And I don't want to speculate because I don't believe in getting in guys' personal business. But the thing that I love about Vic is that when he goes, if you ever watch him, he's a, he's a physical specimen. Now, one of the things that you can never take away from Vic Beasley is when he shows up at camp, he looks good. He's, he's been, he was known for his pythons when he was at Clemson, and he looks like a freak in his uniform when he was at Atlanta. So the question that I have, I'm wondering if there's just something a little bit more going on. It could be something with family, and those are some of the things that they really don't want to really open up to the public at this point. Yeah, the only quotes that I have last week, it would have been on August the 5th, but Coach Vrabel did have a Zoom presser, and here's what he had to say about Vic Beasley, and this was before Vic reported he says, I know there's probably a lot of questions and concerns about Vic Beasley, so I want to address where we are with that. Me, personally, we are excited to see Vic when he gets here. He is not here. Everybody else says he is under contract, and we expect him to be here. I've reached out, have not had much conversation with him. We are still looking forward to getting him in here and coaching him when he gets here. I want to coach him. I want him to be a part of the football team. That's where I am at. So, obviously, not a whole lot there from those comments and then, once he's been here, things haven't gone well with not passing the physical. But that's where that's where we currently stand as it relates to Vic Beasley and his place on the Titans' 2020 roster. What Coach Vrabel did is he, he said what he wanted you guys to hear. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all just a bunch <laughs> yeah. of coach speak. It's like, well, we'll give the exactly. fans this. It's, we'll just tell them this. I mean, that's just the way it works. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, they can't give you everything. they got to keep some things concealed. But I will say this. There's – you know, the thing with guys is people don't understand sometimes is guys got families. They have issues like everybody else. And unfortunately, sometimes problems come at the worst time. And I'm hoping and not speculating that, you know, there could be something that Vic needs to get resolved before he can really get into camp and give 100% because they are really relying on him this year. Let's just be honest. This is a big year for Vic Beasley. They've given him a one-year contract, a one-year make it or break it, and this basically is not starting off the way that I'm sure Titans fans want to 
we don't want to hear this right now from a guy that we're because we don't you don't have Jadavion Clowney. Mm-hmm. So okay, that's that's out of the question right now. But you're expecting a lot from Vic Beasley this year. And so right now I'm just hoping that everything is okay with him and his family. That's the one thing I've always wished and hoped for players is that they're in a good sound mind, uh, good framework and everything like that. Because if not, then that can affect their play. I haven't fact-checked this, and I know I should look this up beforehand, but I have heard that Vic Beasley and John Robinson have the same agent. Just kind of a tie there. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good thing because the agent is the facilitator between. He's the mediator. So right now what they're probably doing is just keeping everything on the low and try to make sure that he gets up to par because he's a, he's a vet. You know, he knows what it takes to, to, to pass his physical. So like I said before, what you're a lot of speculations, I'm sure Titans fans don't really want to hear this at this time, you know, but again, who knows? None of us know. We're all just kind of like, okay, what's going on with you, Vic? Come on, man. Yeah, we shall wait. Hopefully that all gets resolved. Vic is able to make an impact this season and, and then we go from there. And obviously Vic not having a great off season so far, kind of want to transition to some players that, according to the Titans coaching staff, have had a really good off season. And last week, Coach Vrabel put out a list of guys he viewed as his the offseason performers of 2020. And the three players that Coach Vrabel named were linebacker Rashawn Evans, who we know great inside linebacker, former first-round pick for the Titans, led the team in tackles this past season. Quarterback Logan Woodside, who it's now looking as though he is set to be the backup, and then receiver Rashard Davis. So those were the three guys, and here's what Coach Vrabel had to say as it related to the offseason and these these performers. It was much different this year. We couldn't evaluate many guys and the effort that they put in outside of Zoom. So we just tried to give it some thought and observation throughout those meetings. Guys that showed leadership and improvement through the course of our installation. Logan Woodside was one of those players that we recognized in front of the team. Rashard Davis was one of those players as well as Rashawn Evans. He says he was, Brable says he was excited to be able to offer those guys that award Uh, Jim Wyatt kind of talked about, I know at least for Logan Woodside, he did a really good job in helping kind of coordinate some workouts with wide receivers in Nashville over the course of the offseason, getting guys some reps here and there. That was a a big thing. And honestly, and Nard will get into this, but him naming Logan Woodside, that was one of the offseason performers of the year. That was probably the most telling of those three players because that has answered the question of who is likely going to be the Titans backup going into 2020. Yeah, that's huge. Cause considering the fact that who really saved this team last year was your backup quarterback. And we know how this league works, especially with this COVID-19, we don't know what's going to happen during the season, but when you got it, when you got a guy like Logan Woodside, that's been working that hard and the coach calls him out in a good way, that's a positive sign for the Titans fans. And Hey, listen, if something happens to Ron, we know that we can develop, we can, we can basically rely on Logan. So when he comes in the game, there's no drop off. And that's what you want to see in your backup quarterback. I've said time and time in this league, the hardest position to play in this game in the NFL is the backup quarterback position. Yeah. And there, there's a positive and a negative one. It's, it's great to see all this hype about Logan Woodside and him doing so well. I guess at the same time as if he does have to be thrown into action and he doesn't perform. That's a big letdown for fans after hearing coaching staff rave about his progression and his development within this organization. 
And on on the other side, what that means is, well, with Cole McDonald not likely to be able to, one, he's not going to have any preseason games to show how well he has been able to play against other teams since he has been brought into the organization. What does that mean as far as his future there? And I guess there's a positive and a negative to that. And the positive is, well, other teams haven't actually been able to watch him play. So it's not likely that they're going to take a chance and try to call him up from the Titans. Like once, let me back up, I don't expect Cole McDonald to make the active 53-man roster. He is likely going to be the scout team practice squad quarterback for the team this year. And obviously with COVID-19 being a thing, and if players test positive, they're going to have to make sure they got some guys that are able to step up and fill in right then and there. So having more quarterbacks is going to be a priority for these practice squads this year. But it's not as though a other te- another team is going to come in and say, all right, we're going to take a chance and just pull Cole McDonald off the Titans practice squad, activate him to our 53-man roster without having watched him play a single bit of football against National Football League players. Yeah, well, man, that's the thing with this COVID-19. It's, mess- it's messed up everything. I mean, I'm, I know a lot of guys are sitting back right now saying, where in the world did this pandemic, where, where in the world did this virus come from? You know, but again, there is no team right now that's going to, regardless of what happens at the final cut, when you do the 53-man uh, final cut, the roster, it's going to be hard for teams to come in and, and pick up this guy, or pick up that guy when they haven't seen him play at all. You're going to, you're just going to go on word of mouth. You're not going to have that much film. But the thing about Cole is I'm not anticipating Tennessee allowing him to get away. And I think whatever happens between that final roster spot, you will see him in a Titans uniform because we don't know what's going to happen with Ron, just like we don't know what's going to happen with Logan. We don't know what's going to happen with anybody on that 53-man roster because this pandemic has affected everything, even with the testing that's going on. So what happens if Ron, we don't want that to happen. We don't want any guys to contract this virus, but you got to have a third guy in that spot. So if you know you've already basically took this guy in his, what, six, seven, what is it, sixth round? He was in was the seventh. seventh, seventh. Yeah. So even though you took him in the seventh round, you know this is somebody that you like. You know he has all the tools that you're looking for. If, if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't have drafted him. They're not going to let him go. So even if they put him on practice squad, they're going to find a way to keep him in a Titans uniform, at least this year. It's interesting, too. Teams, I expect to stick with a lot of their guys that they have in the offseason when it comes to the practice squad, especially rookies or undrafted free agents. Because seeing these guys at least be familiar with your system, that's kind of what you're having to rely on because you never know when a team might have an outbreak and have an entire unit have to miss a game, how all that is going to work out. And there's just a lot of uncertainty. And so I think coaching staffs and teams are just going to go with what they are comfortable with. And maybe that player is not the best. They could go out and get a better player. But if they don't understand the system – or they have concerns about them picking up on something, they're just going to be like, all right, he's not as good, but he at least knows what we're trying to do. We'll just ride it out with him for this week. Yeah, because they haven't had too much. They're not going to have that much time to repair. I mean, everything basically is going to be done on the run. Yeah, you get a month before your first game, but that's not a lot. You know, guys spend OTAs, and and they spend all offseason going through the playbook. So when you get there, you know, you just basically, you're flying, you're going. Right now, they having to teach. And basically, with everything being virtual, that's really a, a negative, you know, because coaches can't really do what they really want to do. I mean, there's so many restrictions right now 
about how close you can be, even when you're in the same room, the same vicinity as an individual. I mean, there's a, they got their hands tied right now. So the worst, the, the you're not going to see a lot of guys moving. I can tell you that. You're just going to see guys because when you get familiar with a system, at least this year, you're going to stay in that system or you just probably won't play at all unless they just desperately need somebody. So I think right now at the quarterback position, that would be the worst move to make is to basically draft a guy that you know that you're going to develop over this next month, the next six weeks. Don't go out there and try to get somebody else that's going to try to come in and learn the system in September or whenever they do the final roster cut because then that can be catastrophic for your team. So they're going to go in with three quarterbacks this year, probably two active and keep him on the practice squad. We don't know what they're going to do. I'm pretty sure right now they don't even know what they're going to do because of what COVID is presenting. So, you know, just don't – I'm not anticipating on nobody touching Cole McDonald. At least this year they're going to give him a year because they wouldn't have drafted him if that wasn't the case. I completely agree with you. And, again, the uncertainty is the biggest thing. And speaking of uncertainty – Transitioning into our next topic, this is something I haven't seen it be put out there by by any outlets. But again, with COVID nineteen, we're kind of trying to make jumps and leaps from here to here, trying to connect some dots. And we did mention this. I don't know if it was last week's show or two weeks ago, but if college football were to cancel, and we've started to see those cancellations happen with certain conferences. What does that mean for the NFL schedule? Do you start to see the NFL try to take a place and play games on Saturday where it's like, hey, even if college isn't here, don't worry, we got you covered for some Saturday football. And the idea that now that you've seen the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decide to call it quits, we know that even with them calling it quits, all the other conferences are starting much later. So the NFL is scheduled to start a couple of weeks ahead of college football this year. Do you see the Titans Monday night game, which it's a doubleheader Monday night game. It won't start till nine ten Eastern time. Do you possibly see ESPN say, hey, you know what? What about our primetime ABC game that usually happens on Saturday for collegiate football? Is that something worth moving that game to? And as as a fan, like I would prefer that to happen. I would love to have that game happen on a Saturday for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, it's the only game you're preparing for right now, really, whenever you look at at least what's right in front of you. You move the game up two days. You're not on a shortened schedule for week two. You're not having to play as late of a game on Monday night. It would just give you a couple more days. One, you'd have a lot bigger of an audience coming in for a Saturday game with nothing else happening than you would going right off of another Monday night football game. What's your kind of take on the possibility of that happening, Bernard? I would love it. I mean, you just said it best as a fan. If I'm working at one of those uh, syndicated stations, that's the first thing that I'm saying is that what is it that people want to see? Because that generates ratings. Ratings generate what? Money. It generates income. Why not? I mean, if there's nothing else going on, half of the time when you cut on the television set now on a lot of the ABCs or even ESPN, you're seeing a lot of throwback games. Nobody wants to watch LSU and Tennessee in 2003. You know, we don't want to see that game. So it just makes sense that if, if that that time slot needs to be filled with the uh, NFL game or if not, a, you know, because it's football season. That's what people want to see. They want to see fo- some form of football. If they're not going to see college, they want to see pros. They want to see something. 
and they want just something in play. Nobody wants to watch a throwback. I get tired of watching a game when I played from 1996. Nobody wants to see that. So it only makes sense. And that's why they said, I think what's going to happen is, is as the season goes along, you're going to see a lot of games get kind of scrambled around. You're going to see a lot of stations. They're going to basically step up and say, listen, we'll take that. We'll take this. Let's all get together. Because again, at the end of the day, it, it just basically makes for better ratings. And what other sports brings in the most ratings than professional football? So I think that makes sense just to go ahead and fill that slot. There's a lot of uncertainty now. So again, nobody's anticipating the game. Denver and Tennessee, September 14th. Hey, if it changes, it changes. We just want to see the game. I don't think the time and the date necessarily matters at this point. No, but it's I, I, at this point it doesn't. But it's just one of those things where you're always looking to just increase the eyes that come to the screen. And right now that looks to be one of the best ways to do it. From a, a logistic standpoint, I don't think for the people at Mile High Stadium, a two-day move up is going to impact that much. And it'd be fun. You could also, for just getting viewers watching the Titans and the Broncos highlights, I mean, we always kind of see these pregame shows happen. And it just, it, it's something that people are excited about. The first game for the NFL season will be the Thursday before that with the Chiefs and the Texans facing off against one another. So this would then be the second game that you see. And I just think it'd be a smart move. Uh, Put it on ABC primetime. Let's go. You can have, I don't know how a lot of NFL fans feel about this, but I mean, you get Kirk Herbstreet on the call. That's something where he's not got anything else going for college football. Right. It'll be call interesting to see. Long. Yeah, man. <laughs> Give me a call, man. I'd, I'd love yeah. to, I'd love to call hear you. Me. Yeah, let's call us both. Let's call it. But yeah, I mean, it's not like we got many other choices. You no. know, there's not that much going on. Big 10 looks like SEC, Pac-12. College football fans, we may not see what we want to see in 2020. So the question is, let's find something to kind of offset that. And what better way than to bring professional football in and say, hey, let them take that slot on Saturday. It's not going to hurt, guys. It'd probably be better, you know, play on a Saturday rather as opposed to a Sunday. So I think it's a great opportunity for people that sometimes are not exposed to pro football to get them a little bit more acclimated to the game, you know, because a lot of people are just college fanatics. There's like some people are just – Pro fanatics, but at the end of the day, it's all about ratings. Why not? Hey, it's a great opportunity for the channels. It's a great opportunity for us to bring sports back, some kind of some kind of normalcy in, in, in this world. Because right now, I'm sure everybody's like me. I'm tired of watching uh, LeBron in 2002. I'm tired of watching Denard Walker in the, 2000, the 1999 AFC Championship. Nobody wants to see the Buffalo and Titans, the 1999 playoff game. I hate to say it. I don't want to watch it. So, again, it just makes sense. Go ahead, fill those slots. Let's go ahead. Because yeah. it's the only uncertainty right now is pro football. They're going to start regardless of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, Saturday night, September the 12th, we were that was the night we were supposed to get the Tennessee versus Oklahoma game, which would have been a, a big game for us. I mean, obviously – your son Brendan plays for Oklahoma. I'm here covering Tennessee during the week. Yeah. It would have gave us something. Now let's just move the Titans there. It'll at least yeah. ease my soul some. So I agree. We continue to talk about these things, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty just surrounding the sport right now. I at least feel confident that even though college football is, is starting to, the likelihood of it happen happening is starting to diminish. The NFL, it seems, is they're at least full speed ahead, making sure everything's set up. 
it is a safe environment for their players and and so I just like you said earlier Denard like we just need football like just just give me it in some form or fashion and we'll go from there listen I tell the fans as a fan of sports especially the game of football because I was blessed to play the game for a long time listen it's not going to look the same it's like watching basketball in the NBA and then you look over in the stands and they got these little pictures of people or whatever or UFC, it's not going to look like we are accustomed to seeing sporting events, but it's still the same game. Okay. So what we got to do is we got to change our outlook. Me and you both, you are a Tennessee Vol. I'm an LSU Tiger. It's not going to look, Neyland Stadium is not going to look the same this year. Same thing as Death Valley. It won't look like Death Valley as we're used to seeing it. Okay, let's just get that out. So we just got to basically, the perspective of how we look at things, we got to look at things a little differently now. We just got to look at the game as a whole rather than look at the pageantry that comes along with the game. So we got to cut that part out of our mindset, at least this year, just like everybody else. We have to adjust to what we're looking at on television this year. That's the key word, adjusting, because everybody's having to do something in this world that we've never done before. That's adjusting to something that we've gotten used to for so long. So that's the biggest question mark that I have for a lot of people is, can you adjust? If you can, then it's just like watching the NBA. It's like watching baseball. I love, you know, and I hate, I don't want to get into this, but I love my Texas Rangers and they just opened up the new ballpark here, but there's nobody in the stands. There's nobody, but these little, these little faces. I don't know. I don't know who made those faces and, and, but you got to get used to it. So it's not easy sometimes seeing that big old beautiful ballpark with nobody in there. But again, if you love baseball, you're looking at the game for what it is baseball. You know, unfortunately, we're not going to see, you're not going to see all that beautiful orange and white at Neyland Stadium. I'm not going to see all that purple and gold down in Death Valley. You know, that's just, we got to adjust at least this year until we can find until we can defeat COVID. Once we defeat COVID, then we will get back to some kind of normalcy in this world. But until then, we got to just look at things differently, at least this year. I, I just tell people, just try to, I know it's hard, but just try to keep a positive mindset. Try to have that, that outlook of, all right, we're going to get through it. It'll all work itself out. We're, we're getting closer. I mean, technically, we're one month away from having the NFL Whenever you look at whenever the Chiefs and the Texans are, are set to have kickoff, September 10th, we'll have the NFL back again, and, and we'll go from there. This is going to do it for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You've been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll do it again next week, and as always, tighten up. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.